street epistemology is a wonderful approach that anyone can learn. Please follow me on Twitter at MagnaBosco or on Facebook and YouTube at MagnaBosco210. You can learn more about street epistemology at streetepistemology.com. I don't know what words to use here, but she went, she's all in. Narrative wins the day. Narrative wins the day. Nar a narrative can make something true, and narratives can change. So truth is changing depending on who has the oldest and most aggrieved voice. And I, I honestly, I don't see how humans can navigate the world with that outlook. So we're gonna have to keep coming back to that. So this is a good time, if you're not comfortable, unmuting yourself and talking, leave some suggestions for me. She's comfortable coming up to me. She's comfortable being recorded. She's comfortable saying, I don't know. So if you have some ideas on, on ways that I might be able to help break through with Vanessa, uh, please leave them in the SE Live chat text channel and I'll read them later today. Good morning. How are you? I think I'm all right. Do you have time for a short interview? What is it about? Good question. I'm practicing street epistemology. Street epistemology is where you essentially wait for somebody to make a claim and then you use questions to explore it with them okay. to see how they could be so sure that it's factually true. Okay. So perhaps maybe you light sage to ward off evil spirits or you're sure that the earth is flat or maybe you think that there's a higher power. Something along those lines. Maybe you have a lucky rabbit's foot and you're sure that it's, you're avoiding bad things because you have that in your pocket. And the idea here is to take a claim like that, that uh, motivates you to behave differently because you think that it's true, and then respectfully challenge you with questions to see how you got there. What steps did you use to get there? And leave you with some questions and have you look at it. Have you take another look at the thoughts that you have to see if you're justified in your conclusions for thinking that they're true? Okay. Yeah. Would you have any interest in doing an interview? Oh, okay. How long does it take? I set a timer for four minutes. However, when we hit the four-minute mark, usually the person wants to keep going a little bit more. But there's no obligation to stay. After four minutes? You don't even have to stay to the four-minute mark. You can leave at any time. I mean, no, I, no, I'm not no, holding you. Okay. That's fine. Can I ask you to stand in the shade there? Yeah. Okay. Thanks for stopping. My name is Anthony, by the way. What's your first name? I'm Joshua. Joshua. Pleasure to meet you. Are you... Yeah. Are you okay if I record this? Yeah, I love it. At the end of the conversation, if you're uncomfortable with it, let me know, and I won't use any of the footage. Okay. Or I can add a blur to your face or make it audio only. I've got another camera up here. Okay. This allows me to jump between the two camera views. This conversation takes a while to build, so please hang in there. I'm dying out here. It's hot. It's, uh, <laughs> this might be my last interview of the day. I'm not sure. Okay. Okay, Joshua. Did I spell it right? Yeah. J-O-S-H-U-A. J-O-S-H-U-A. Yep. U -A. That's a U. Yeah. My handwriting's not the best. We can pretty much talk about any claim. However, it's, it's ideal if it's a claim that you make because you're fairly sure that it's true. And then you find yourself acting out on it. Like you might donate to a candidate because you like her position on this thing, or you're gonna actually go to that particular building and pray to a higher power because you're sure that that God is real. Something along those lines. Okay. What type of claim do you find yourself making because you think that it's true? Uh, I'm a Christian, I believe there's God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe there's God. You're a Christian and you think that there's a God? Yeah. Okay. You think the Christian God is real? Yes. How confident would you say that you are in your conclusion that it's factually true? 
zero to 100, where 100% would be, there's no question in my mind, there's no doubt. I'm absolutely sure that this is true, and I can't possibly be mistaken on it. And then 0% would be, well, I have questions, I have doubts. I don't think that this is true at all. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Are you as confident that your God is real as I am standing in front of you at this moment? Yes. Okay. Can you justify your God existing as equally as you can possibly justify that I'm in here in front of you? Yeah, I can. Okay. How do you go about my, doing my that? Experiences, yes. Mm. You've had some experiences. Yes. Okay. If you hadn't had those experiences, would you be less than a hundred percent sure that the God was real? Probably. Hmm. Okay. Well, I had to experience him for myself. I beg your pardon. I had to experience him for myself. You had to experience him for yourself. Yeah. Okay. How did you determine that the experience that you had? It justifies you being 100% sure that he's real. Uh, so, before I, 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 I've always known that it was God, but before I experienced him, so there's a process mm. in Christianity called uh, being born again. That's I'm sorry. Being you, born again. Did you say that you knew that God was real before you had the experience? Yes. So, so I've, hmm. I've always, I've always been told there is God. So I know, I've always known that okay, there's God and there's God exists somewhere. You knew that God exists because you were told that he yes, exists? Before I experienced him for myself. And then you had experiences yeah, to I, confirm to you that what you were yeah, told is it's, true. It's true, yes. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. So, uh, so like I was saying in Christianity, there's something to call uh, being born again. So, um, giving your life to Christ, to uh -huh. Jesus, which is a higher power. Now, what happens is, um, my personal experience, I, I used to be... Uh, uh, I used to be really stubborn. When I, I don't even know what I mean by stubborn. Uh, Hard-headed? Hard-headed, mm. out of control. Mm. You know, uh, I, I did all kinds of bad things. All kinds of bad things in the world. They call it immoral things. Things that are not, um, uh, that are not right, either mm. by law or by morals, by moral standards, mm. whichever way you want to look at it. You know, I'm just curious. Does your God have a specific name? Oh. He's he's just God. He's called by different names. Okay, I don't know if you called him Allah or uh, no. Vishnu or Jehovah. So or... Uh, he, Jeho Jehovah is what I call him. Mm. The Muslims they call him Allah. Mm -hmm. You think the Jehovah God is real, and then you were told about the Jehovah God mm -hmm. to the point where you could say that you knew it, and then you started having experiences. That's I had my, my experience. Yeah. Yeah, and then you were even talking about being born again. Yes. Okay. How can you be so sure that the experiences that you've had are accurately confirming the existence of the God? Okay. Uh, my experience, like I was telling you about my being born again. Have you ever tried to uh, stop an addiction, something like smoking? Have I ever tried to stop an addiction like smoking? Yeah, something like smoking, nicotine addiction. I think I, not smoking per se, but other stuff, other and not alcohol. But I'm, just, I'm thinking something maybe like sugar really or something. To. Yeah, something that you're really, really addicted to, and you can you can do without it. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. something like nicotine, something like drugs and stuff like that. You yeah. know, when people get hooked on it, they get really hooked on it, and it's most of the time, it takes a process and commitment to stop it. Right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes when people try to stop it, 
they go back to doing the same thing. After a while, they go back to doing the same thing because they don't have enough willpower to stop it. Mm. Now, I was in a situation like that. Mine wasn't with drugs. Mine mm. wasn't with nicotine, but it was with something else. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, when I accepted Jesus into my life, I got the grace to stop it cold turkey. Okay. Yeah, which is, it's it's amazing how I lost the zeal for it. I lost the urge for it. I lost everything for it immediately. Okay. Let me repeat back what I think I'm hearing. Mm -hmm. The way or the method that you can go about confirming that the experiences that you're having are indeed your God mm -hmm. is when people are able to stop addictions to things cold turkey. Yeah. If so, somebody could stop an addiction cold turkey, they're justified. No. So it doesn't, it happens for people. People have different experiences about God. So God is unique and the way he deals with one person is different from the way he deals with another person. Oh, is it possible that somebody could stop something cold turkey yes. and, and it not be the God? Yes, it's yes, it's possible. People, people, huh. people in the world to do it today. Pardon me? People in the world, they do it today. You know, some some people, they do it. They stop cold turkey and they don't go back to it. Some, some people could stop yeah, something some, yeah, cold some, turkey yeah, and there it. not be a God involved in it. Yes, yeah, some do it. Some do it. But for me, that was my experience. That that step happened for me when I accepted Jesus. Mm. You know, so that was when that step happened. I got you. You know, the timing of you accepting Jesus with your ability to stop cold turkey, this addiction that you had. Mm -hmm leads you to conclude with 100% confidence yeah. that your God is real. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's, that's one experience. That's one of probably many that you have. Yeah. Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. Another experience is I hear him talk to me like you're talking right now. You hear your God speaking to you? Yeah, like, you, like you're talking to me right now. Another experience is my coming to San Antonio. I beg pardon? My coming to San Antonio is another experience. You coming to the city is another, okay. So this city called San Antonio, it's, mm -hmm. it's another experience entirely. Well, you got me really interested in this idea that you're actually able to hear your God. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think I've run into a lot of people who are able, who say that. Yeah. Hmm. So okay. there, are, there are different ways people hear from God. It's just about them knowing that God is the one talking to them. You have to get to the point where you differentiate between God telling you something and you just uh, imagining something, two things. You have to determine... You have you, to get to the point where you can differentiate. You have to get to the point where you can differentiate between God telling you something mm -hmm. and what? And uh, you just imagining things. And you just imagining things. Yeah, so for okay. example, this might not be the best example, but let's assume you have a pet, you have a dog, and uh, you're not there. Maybe you're outside, your dog is inside, and you call the name of your dog. Mm -hmm. Your dog will start looking for you immediately because they already know your voice. You get it? So they, they start looking for you immediately with excitement mm -hmm. because they already know your voice. Someone else can try to call them again. They will look with curiosity instead of excitement. You get my point? I think I hear what yeah. you're saying. What, what I think I hear you saying is if I hear an audible call and I question it and I'm, I'm a little skeptical of it because I've never, I don't recognize it then I'm not justified in saying that that was God. No, it doesn't mean that. What it means is, what it means is, maybe at that point in time, you haven't really differentiated or you haven't distinguished between God talking to you and uh, 
you just imagining things. Yeah. How does a person like yourself go about differentiating God's voice from you imagining things? So it's it's uh, it's about knowing knowing what you're doing. It's not knowing what you're doing per se, but it's a uh, God speaks to people in different ways. Just the way the voices of your loved ones are unique. Just the way the voices of your loved ones are unique, and you can differentiate. Hey, how you doing? Yeah. Hello. You can differentiate between uh, you can differentiate between each of their voices. Mm. That's how it is. After a while, you walking in the faith, being a Christian, you can differentiate and know when God is telling you something. Is it possible for a person to think that they have the ability to differentiate between God's voice and their imagination, and then they hear something? And they're sure that it's God's voice, and yet in reality, it is their imagination. If you're sure that it's God's voice, what it means is at that point in time, you already know God. Talk, you already know how God speaks to you, mm. and when you hear His voice, you already know. So, it's if we're going by that person's example, it's it's not really their imagination, quote and unquote. If we're going by the example, now the thing with the thing with God is uh, and Christianity is. Uh, for the most part, if you want to hear consistently from God, except except God is pulling you. Sometimes even those that are not Christian, they hear from God. Case in question. Do you read the Bible? No. Okay. So uh, there's this story in the Bible. Story of uh, this man called uh, Paul. His name was Saul before. Uh, he was persecuting Christians. He was a Jew. He was persecuting Christians, going around killing Christians, supervising the killing of Christians. And then God spoke to him, and he heard God's voice mm. audibly. Mm -hmm. That was before he became a Christian. So there are experiences like that with people that are not yet Christians that God wants to pull away from their way of life and pull them into Christianity. And that was a turnaround for Paul. Okay. Yeah. The, what, I'm, what I'm hearing here is that a person can be sure that they're not imagining God's voice and that it really is God's voice if they're sure that it's God's voice. That's, that's one way, yeah. That's what I hear you saying. That's one way. There's no way a person can be mistaken about hearing God's voice if they are sure that it was. Let me give you let me give you a clear example between. Uh, are you able to just answer? Example. Yeah, what you're saying is um, now one major way for you to know that it is God's voice, mm -hmm. irrespective of if you really fully understand when God is talking to you and when God is not, is that God won't tell you, "Hey, go take a gun and kill that person." He won't tell you that because that's not the kind of person that he is. Okay, I see. If somebody were to hear what they thought was God, demand that they do something to harm another person. Outside, yes. That outside. would be one way that's, of saying, oh, that's my imagination. That, that, yeah, that can mm. be God because God is not like that. God mm -hmm. will not harm anybody. He loves everybody, you know, so he won't, he won't direct you to go harm people. Could a person imagine that it was a God that was telling them to do something good? You could imagine that, yeah. Could a person imagine that a god was talking to them and it wasn't? Could a person imagine that it was God talking to them and it wasn't? Well, probably. I don't know. People's experiences are different. So I don't know, probably. Last question. Could you be imagining that your god is talking to you and he's not? It's not an imagination because I already know for a fact how God talks to me.
because you're sure that it was. I, yeah, so I know I know the different ways he talks to me. Mm. When I hear his voice, I know. Mm. If I am not sure if it is God, I have the direction of the scriptures, the Bible, which is mm. God's word. And I have to go by, if I'm not sure, I have to go by by the guidance of the Bible. That's interesting. God won't tell you anything to do. God won't tell you anything outside of the confines of his word. Okay. When there are instances where you hear a voice and you're not entirely sure it's the God, you can then go to... You cross-check it with the Bible. You cross-check it with the Bible to see yeah, if that really just, was just God's to, Yeah, just to make sure, because God won't, God won't do anything contrary. Could a person actually imagine that a God was talking to them, go to a holy book for confirmation, think that they found the confirmation, and then conclude that the God really was talking to them when in reality it wasn't? If you, yeah, if you find a confirmation in the Bible, yeah, you can, yeah. Can I repeat my question? Because I think maybe it got missed. Okay. Could a person think that they're hearing God's voice and they're kind of wondering about it, and then they decide to go to their holy book, like a Bible or the Quran or the Bhagavad Gita, and then they look for a corroboration, something in the book to confirm that that really was God's voice, and they find a verse that's in there. Like, oh, good, I found a verse to confirm that that was God's voice. Could they go through all those steps and still be mistaken that it was God's voice? I don't think you can go through that step genuinely if you don't have an ulterior motive and then find a confirmation on there and, and just say, okay, this is it. There's no way a person could go to a holy book to confirm that they heard God's voice you can, and you be can, mistaken on it? You can, you can confirm. You can confirm. You can go to the Bible. Mm -hmm. Almost anything you want to look for in the Bible today is there. Can people be finding things in the Bible that are confirming things that are not really true? Uh, that are not true how? They're not factually true in accordance with reality. Could people go to the Bible? No, I don't think so. If anyone goes to the Bible, they'll only be confirming factual things? Yeah, whatever, whatever you find in the Bible, it's, it's things that are in history. Hmm. Yeah, so it's, it's confirmable. If it's you, confirmable you, in the Bible. Yeah, okay. If hmm. you if you if you look through history, you probably you probably will find the signs of it. Okay. I think this might be a good point to end it, because uh, I'm actually I don't know if you come here regularly, but this is my school. This is your school. Okay. Well, I am hoping to have multiple conversations with the same people mm -hmm. over the course of this semester, mm -hmm. with time in between for us to think about what we just talked about. Can you get it? And I have a card here as well with my email on it. And then the last thing, there, there's no obligation, but would you like to have one of these three pieces as a gift? Okay. For part, if just It's a visual reminder of the conversation, and you can take it, and then if you want to come back for the other two pieces, you can build out the set. But there's no obligation to either take one or even come back for the other two. Mm, no, it's okay. Okay. I try, I, I've had a lot of stuff, and I just keep, I just <laughs> keep misplacing them. I just That's fine. I will keep a mental count, and if, let's say you come back and you do all three or whatever, you can just take the whole thing if you okay. want, but it's no big deal. Okay, no it's, it's just to show my thanks for your time. No Thank you very much. What's yeah. your name again? My name is Anthony, Anthony. and Anthony. do you have any questions Gosh. for me about your claim or what I'm doing? Sometimes so still... Are you, are you doing this for a project, or you're just doing it out of curiosity? Both. Okay. It's a project for me to become more proficient at street epistemology and practice it okay. and show other people examples of it so that they can do this as well okay. with any claim. Okay. I might use this exact same technique with somebody who's sure that Vishnu is speaking to them mm -hmm. 
because there's no way that they can be mistaken. Yeah, I, I, get, I guess. And they can go to the, the Bhagavad Gita and get confirmation that it's true. Yeah. So anyways, we walk through it. We walk through it and I ask questions to see how they could be so sure. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's part of it. And it's my natural curiosity too. Yeah. What kind of beliefs are people around me walking around with, you know? How are they concluding that these things are true? Do they have good reasons for thinking that they're true? Okay. So what do you what do you believe in? What are your what are your strong beliefs that drive your motives, that drive your actions and your doings? That's a good question. Well, one strong belief that I have, I think, is that listening to a person explain how they got to their conclusion can be really useful for having them take another look at their step. Maybe me even considering to adopt the to, to adopt the belief. Uh, that's probably one thing that I have. Do I think that there's a higher power who's actually communicating with certain people and, and talking to them? I'm very skeptical about that. Yeah, I'm very skeptical. Uh, I said it in the beginning? Yeah, you said, I, I asked you I would talk. <laughs> you did? I don't remember. You asked me if I believed it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you ask me if I was a Christian? Uh, okay, so what motivated you to start doing this? What was the... The motivation is I'm noticing that people who talk about God's existing or global warming or vaccines causing autism, for example, mm-hmm. when we have dialogues, they're not usually effective conversations. They're usually people arguing and not seeking to understand. So I'm trying to model a different way of having a conversation mm-hmm. where we're trying to understand each other. And I'd like you to have a better understanding of your own views at the end of it. So sure, you... Yeah, some of your questions are <laughs> your questions that if you if you really don't if you're not sure and you don't know, then it makes you want to really think and reconsider. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's nice meeting you. I like us to talk again. I, like I would love to talk to you again, time. Joshua. Let's please Hopefully do it again. I'm going to try to be here weekdays if the weather's decent like this, mm-hmm. and it's not too noisy in this area. Then I'll be here. What time weekdays? It just varies? pretty much maybe like 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, I'm here in the morning. Hmm. Today's Tuesday, it's, though. It's what, what, what brings you here today? Tuesday, Thursday, I have classes at 4 p.m. But oh. semester is, well, four weeks into the semester already, so I have to stay in school every day mm. to catch up with studies and all this stuff. So, mm-hmm. so I'll pretty much be here every day of the week. Okay. Yeah. One last question. Are you a Jehovah's Witness? No. You're not? Okay. Because no, you said Jehovah, you made me wonder if you were no, no, a JW. No, no, no. So it's, it, no, it's there. God is called in different ways, different names. So there's Jehovah, there's Yahweh, there's I am that I am. It's it's different. Hmm. You can just call him God. So it just depends. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'd love to pick it up again and we can dig a little bit deeper into into your the way that you're going about determining that you can't be mistaken on this. Mm-hmm. Okay? okay? Thank you very much. Thank you very much, dude. All right. See you around. The Street Epistemology Podcast is a production of Street Epistemology International. You can donate or learn more about this nonprofit organization at streetepistemologyinternational.org. The views, guests, and topics expressed here or not expressed here do not necessarily represent those of the organization. 